Hello and welcome to the Sales Transformation Toolkit podcast. I'm Ben, your host, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Renee Van Steen from us here at Mental Group. Renee, how are you, first of all? I'm fine. Thank you very much. And how, how are you yourself? I'm doing very well. The weather in the UK has been meh the last week after a heat wave. But, you know, it, it's good for the environment, I guess. And so we will take what we can get. Yeah, I think we, we got this morning uh, so much rain that we could almost sail through the streets. But, well. I mean, if you've got a kayak, do it. That's what I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, very, very good. Renee, why don't you get us started? Introduce yourself. Who are you, your experience, and what you do for us here at Mental Group? Yeah, I'm uh, Rene. I'm Dutch, direct, open and enthusiastic. I'm uh, working with uh, uh, the likes of you, uh, Jim and Neil, for, I would say, eight years. And I am one of the facilitators. uh, So doing a lot of uh, um, sales training, negotiation skills presentation skills, these kind of trainings where I help others to grow. Now, in which way do I do that? Uh, I think in a very open way. So there is not a one size fits all. There is not a silver bullet. And um, also typical Dutch, I like to challenge everyone in their thinking, in their mindset, in order to become better. Well, there you go. Challenge is always welcome. (laughs) Yeah, that, well, that, that's what we say from a facilitator perspective. If you're a participant, they say, no, 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 I'm fine in my comfort zone. <laughs> yeah, just let, just let me think how I want to think. Just give me a little bit of food and then let me leave. <laughs> Correct, yes. <laughs> uh, so so we've, we've asked you on here because recently you were nominated and won um, a Golden Thumb Award um, from an institution in Amsterdam. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what that is and kind of the thinking behind that one? Yeah, so, so as, uh, let's say, as a sales trainer or a business consultant, I need to create my own opportunity. So five years ago, I joined a business club, Business Network International. Mm. And that's a club where we meet every week um, on a Friday morning, 6.30 a.m. Early start. Uh, and it's... And we're done around 9 a.m. So we network and it's whole the, the whole idea is to introduce the other members into your own network. Right. Well, that they don't have to do the cold calling and they are introduced in a very warm way. Yeah. So every week uh, you have to pitch your services to the audience, not to sell to them, but that they know who to introduce you to in their network. Right, yeah. And the one that does that the best is getting the golden thumb. The golden thumb, yeah. Yes. And you may say, well, it, it means nothing, but I always like these kind of small awards. Yeah. <laughs> Let me be very honest. And I I I like I like these. So whenever I got them, I will publish. Oh, absolutely. You gotta celebrate yeah. it. Yeah. Gotta celebrate it. So so you pitched to these guys in the room. I assume most of it's been done virtually more recently. 
Yes, yeah. In in the beginning of the year, we had I think two or three occasions where we went live. Right. So really, uh, really off offline. Yeah, offline. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, COVID again started, so uh, we had to go online. And I think that probably in August we will be offline again. Be back live in the room. <laughs> yeah, and 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 at the same time, you know, as as a trainer, as a sales trainer, I think that I need to be an example for a number of those other members. Right. So I'm always putting the pressure on myself, Ben. Really, like, okay, preparing the story, writing it in a script, and then I have to bring it to life. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of what you do when you're facilitating and training in, in large groups and in and, and your training events and stuff. And so this, this weekly breakfast networking get-together is a, kind of a, a free training ground in that sense to constantly sharpen, refine that process. Yes, yes. And, and especially in the beginning, so that was five years ago, when someone was asking like, so, so what is it you do? Mm. And then there was a whole story, very wide. And, well, you know, in this uh, network club, you have 60 seconds. So one yeah. minute. So in one minute, your message should come across. So yeah, it, being able it to communicate that. On my toes, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I guess uh, it's classically called an elevator pitch, isn't it? We're like, you've got 60 seconds yeah. in the lift. That sell me what you're selling me and the, the value and the power of being able to communicate what you do concisely, but also get enough information across. Correct. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm, I'm always thinking if, if we talk to people in the Netherlands, right. And you say I'm in an elevator for 60 seconds. It, it normally means that the elevator is uh, kaput, broken, because you're <laughs> never 60 seconds in an elevator. Slowest lift in the world, yeah. <laughs> kind of, yes. Yeah. But you're right. It's like an elevator pitch. Yeah, and I can imagine that's a, that's a critical skill um, outside of obviously communicating what you do. When you're breaking down sales skills, concepts, training tips, even nanability to take what would be, I guess, in some in some cases, complex concepts and break yep. them down in ways that's really simple and easy to understand. Correct. Yeah. And, and sometimes if you hear the story where it becomes simple and to the point, mm. people say, oh, that's easy. Yeah. Say, yeah, it is, if you know how to do it. Right. And that's always and the next I step. let them do and then they realize, hmm, it's not so easy yet. No, indeed. Yeah. indeed. Easy to understand, but difficult to apply. Correct. Yes. Yeah. How, how do you bridge that gap then? How do you get them from that place of, okay, you've broken it down, so it's easy to understand. What then do you put in place as a facilitator to bridge the gap from difficult to apply to actually enabling them to do that on a regular basis? Well, there are basically, I would say, two techniques. Mm. Uh, one is the value proposition framework right. that we use at, at Mentor, but that's yeah. more like a, a, an extensive one, an extensive elevator pitch, because that's yeah. really like uh, the, the triggers or the business issues, the goals, the challenges. It's quite intricate. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's one thing. And then you have, I would say, the shorter one, which I use from a BNI perspective, like who are you? What is it you do? What sets you apart? And with who do you want to have a coffee? Yeah. Those are the four questions that you should be able to answer in 60 seconds. Yes, yeah, so it's, it, it's storytelling at the end of the day. Yes, yes, yeah. And, and I think it's, it's what, what makes it difficult is if you say, what are the things that you're good in, right? It's like your unique selling points. We often tend to be, be or become shy. Right. Right. We are not like some, some people that really brag about it. Yeah, you don't want I'm to seem saying, cocky. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not saying that that is wrong, hmm. but, but I would say in, in Europe, we, we tend to be more modest in that sense if you compare it to, let's say, the US, mm-hmm. where we can learn a lot from. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that it's finding that line, which I think is probably in slightly different places culturally between the US and the UK, finding that line between, like, genuine confidence and arrogance yeah and, and i i had a, I, I had the, this i had this discussion with 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 several people because um often people mistake or or mistake mistaken well they they see it in the wrong way mm-hmm. if you are confident and you show your confidence they sometimes perceive it as arrogant yeah but with arrogance, you're looking down to people or yeah, on people. Yeah, it becomes a comparison thing, yeah. Yes, and, and that, that's never the case. Yeah, so, with, with genuine confidence, it's not that. Yeah, so Ben, if you would see me and then I feel good, right? So my hair is nice and my shirt is ironed and I wear a jacket, you say, oh, he looks confident. Yeah. Yeah, that's the outside. Yeah. <laughs> That's the outside. And in 60% of all cases, I feel confident. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in those other 40%, let me let me sleep. Let me stay. <laughs> yeah. So what, what gets you in, in the 40% then of those circumstances? What is the biggest what is the biggest or just two or three drivers for you that get you from that place of I'm not really feeling it today to, no, 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 I can do this. Um, well, one of the things is, is what, what I recently found is that I like to develop myself. Yes. And uh, when, this, when COVID started, I said every day I have to work on my self-improvement. Well, yeah. And if I keep on doing that, that is one of the things which is helping me. So right now I started, and this is fun because you are doing working on marketing. I've started on LinkedIn uh, learning uh, the digital marketing course, yeah. which is a two and a half day course. So right. that's one thing. The other thing to get to get myself into the right mental shape, so to say, is also to keep on let's say, exercising myself. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that I need to be a 
bodybuilder because I don't have that uh, uh, body, but just go out and, and walk for 20 minutes. Right. Because that, that will make me happy. And the other thing is, is that I, I'd like to um, stay innovative. Innovative, innovative. Innovative, yeah. Yeah, in, innovative. So um, for one of the customers that I'm working with, we always used to have a verbal examination. So there was a seller. Mm-hmm. There is a customer. Like a and, role play kind of thing. Yeah, like a role play. And we handed out the case on paper. So mm-hmm. he or she knows everything yeah. about their own company, but also about the customer. And I said, well, we can do this in a different way because if you're a seller, you would never get all of the customer details on paper. No, wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, you, you have to hunt for it, yeah. sort of. So I said, let's create a website where the customer is kind mm. of, but this is your building solutions. That's the, that's the customer has its own URL and everything from the business case is there. And instead of giving them a handout with you are, let's say Ben, and you're selling this and this and this, yeah, this is the website that you represent. Find the information for yourself. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that is interesting. So that's something that, that I've now set up with one of my customers. And this is something that we will uh, pilot in, I think it will be November. Right. But I, I like that as well. So that innovation, mm-hmm. new tools, new ways, I, I like that a lot. So how important would you say then that innovation is to facilitating and training? Because I think we can look back over the last year and obviously a lot of the way that we've delivered training has had to be different because of COVID and restrictions and all these other things. Um, But I think you could probably look at training that was delivered 30 years ago in terms of the content of it. And there will be a lot of shifts, but then a lot of similarities. So, to come back to the question and how important is innovation for you when you're delivering content that might not necessarily change all the time, but you can learn different things from the different ways you deliver it. Well, I think, I think it's, it's very important. Um, and why do I think it is important? Because if, if I'm training people that have been in training before, which mm. they have, um, they're expecting, well, they have certain expectations. Let, let, let me put it that way. And I want to exceed their expectations. Yeah. So if, if I can do things in a different way, so as an example, instead of showing uh, five slides, showing one picture, right? we're having a discussion uh, where we are working with cards as a process, as an example, those are the things that I like to that I like to pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I think the that there's something powerful about even even just those little tweaks. Where I think if you can if you can subvert expectations to an extent, where you do something different that people aren't quite expecting, it generates a fresh level of engagement in the room. It generates a fresh level of interest. Oh, we haven't experienced this before. Because I can imagine that as 
sellers, as people involved in that world, you would typically go through a lot of training and you'd go to certainly historically a lot of those events and those two-day workshops and they kind of follow a similar format and actually bringing something fresh just sharpens people's mindsets a bit yeah it's well it's an interesting thing so what i this is one of the secrets so if someone is listening don't tell this to the rest of the world (laughs) but i often make uh, small a5 cards Hmm. with exercises on it yeah and i stick them with let's say um how do you know how do you call those uh it's it's not glue it's the, that that's kind blue of tech. yeah blue tech blue tech you stick it under the chair on of the one which is sitting on the chair yeah right? so you do that before the training starts mm-hmm. and then you say okay i'm gonna give you an assignment right so please grab the card underneath of your chair and they're like really (laughs) oh there's a card that's interesting so they're reading it and then they got to do the exercise yeah sure now the interesting thing is when they come in the next day on multiple day events the first thing thing they do they're going to test whether it's (laughs) under their chair but guess what if on day two you put it under their desk, they will not notice. <laughs> yeah. So those those are the things that I like. Yeah. Um, in order to make them, well, let's say experience something different. And mm. this is also where my, I would say, where my NLP background comes in. Yes. And so not only sales. And, and, yeah, it's, it's not only sales and the experience. Uh, but also more on a psychological point of view. Mm-hmm. So, so stepping briefly into, because I know that um, Chris Norton, CEO of Mentor Group, loves NLP, loves neuroscience. I actually spoke to him um, a little while ago on that subject on the on this podcast. Mm-hmm. What, what for you within the world of NLP, neuroscience and psychology, I guess, to put those three together? Mm-hmm. What's been the biggest thing you've taken from that and applied most consistently when you've been doing this for what last eight years or so? <laughs> one of one of the things is first that in order to change something, you have to become aware of how you behave. Yeah. Because without awareness, you will not get the insight and you will not get the action. Yeah, sure. If, if you don't know there's something wrong, you don't know to fix it. Correct. So that's one thing. The other thing is language um, or words mm-hmm. can be really powerful. Yeah. And I always say that in my sales trainings, in all sales trainings. So as an example, um, you may find things difficult when they are new. Mm. I don't use the word difficult. Right. I always say something is not easy yet. Right. Frame it in a different way. Just that little language choice. So it's it's a different language uh, choice. The other thing is if you say, well, how much does your solution cost? Mm. No, it doesn't cost. There's an investment because you will get something out. Right. Yeah. So that is that's the second thing. So first is awareness. 
Second is uh, works. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is, am I able to read people based, based on their communication skills, uh, based on what they say, based on how they behave, based yeah. on how they move their eyes? Right. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, and if I can analyze them, then I can connect with them, not to manipulate, but to influence them in a different way. Yeah, it, it almost becomes uh, the, the more you understand something, it's, it's empathy in, in, in a slightly different path. Right. Being yeah. able to, as much as empathy is stepping into somebody else's shoes, having lived their experience, if you can understand someone, understand who you're talking to, what motivates them, what drives them, you, you can. There's a way that, that can be used in a predatory way, but I think what we're talking more about here is actually packaging things in the right way for them to be able to understand it, see the value in it, and, and want it in that sense. Yeah, and, and one of the other, well, one of the other famous. Um, um, I would say examples that we give also in the training is that we always say, well, just bypass the analytical brain. Right. And do that by storytelling. So storytelling is a big part of, of our trainings uh, with regards to our customers, right? Um, so within sales training, we use a lot of metaphors. We use a lot of universals. And universals is like, uh, an experience that everyone can relate to. Yeah. But where you draw, I would say, where, where you draw the learning out or where you can learn from, I'm not sure what 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 it is, yeah. what it means in right uh, proper English, but... No, 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 that sounds good. It's, <laughs> you, you envision a situation everybody at one point or another will have experienced, obviously in different contexts and cultures, but as, as you put it, universal is absolutely the right word for it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so so that's 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 what I really like, and that's what I uh, that's what I normally uh, do. Mm. Um, and then the final topic I would say, which is could really make a difference, is like values, values and beliefs, mm -hmm. because people often say what they really value, but the first value that they mention is often not the real one. So right. the second or the third or the fourth means normally more to them because it comes more from their, I think the word is subconscious. Right. And so they'll have, they'll have a prepared answer. Oh, this is my most important value. And that then when we talk about it, it kind of comes, it's all connected in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So and and it, it, it's interesting to, well, to not to play games with it, uh, but but to challenge people in their thinking as well. Because if you're, as an example, if your values, are, if your personal values are opposite of the value of the company you're working for, mm. yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden they become aware like, oh, now I know why I don't feel right in this company. Yeah. You have, you have that sudden moment of realization of, and I think that can be a um, a, a self-discovery thing as well, where actually you, you could maybe be at a certain age or just have gone through life and not really have properly figured those values out for yourself. And then you find yourself in a role or a situation where they're quite directly challenged or opposed. And now you have that moment for yourself of, actually, I now know that I really value X, Y, Z because I'm in a situation that very clearly does not value X, Y, Z. 
Correct. Yeah. Yeah. To tie this all back together, um, you know, you said at the beginning you've been doing this for mental for about eight years or so, and you have these weekly catch-ups with your your, your network of people. Um, you've talked about self-improvement, about learning. How much of your role would you say within facilitating coaching, training, whatever that looks like? If you were to give a percentage number, how much of your time do you think you spend learning as opposed to actually doing? Is it from my perspective or from the attendee perspective? From, from your perspective, for you personally, how much of your time, whether that's deliberately actively learning or just learning through doing, how much of your time would you say you, you spend learning as opposed ah, to... Okay, okay. I, I always make the... Uh, I, I would say 20% is a learning component mm -hmm. uh, from a theoretical point of view. Right. 60% is application. Yeah. So it's learning by doing. Mm -hmm. And 20% is learning by reflecting and discussing. Sure. So I, I always use that, let's say, division. So 20, 60, 20. Yeah. Would, would you say so if, we, if we then using those kind of numbers, obviously there's the famous Pareto principle where 80% of the work is done by 20% of, of the people of, of of that breakdown of your 2060-20, what would what would you say does eight provides 80% of that value? I would say doing. Doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I always make the connection to the slogan of Nike, right? Right. Just do it. Yeah. Um, and, and why? Because often, and I think you have been to training as well, you write down a number of things that you think are interesting. Mm -hmm. And once you go back to normal life, I would say you 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 tend to forget. Yeah, I think that's that's well, it's it's not wrong, but I think it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, there's no reinforcement. There's no application of it. It just kind of disappears into the ether. Correct. And I I don't want to be a person that by the end of my life, if I look back. I only see missed opportunities. Yeah. I would like to see opportunities that went well, mm -hmm. opportunities that went not so well, but from which I learned a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that most people would probably agree with that that concept of not wanting to look back and recognize the missed opportunities. Um, I think it's, it's quite a common common theme in, in motivational circles to say you want to make the most out of every moment. Um, and I think a lot of that is is what you were saying. I'm actually, I, I know that for myself, I, I spend a lot of time hesitating over doing certain things and taking steps because I'm like, oh, I don't quite know how to do it yet. And mm -hmm. actually, one of the things that humans are remarkably adaptable, aren't they? I know. And there is one thing, well, you know, hesitating may feel not positive mm. but one of the um things that you do in nlp is like uh, reframing as well yeah because just by um let's say hesitating mm -hmm. you're not taking steps without uh, a proper thought yeah so the number of mistakes for you may be less then when I just hop into deep water and find, oh my God, I need to swim. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. 
Or I think the water is deep, but there is only 10 centimeters. Right. Yeah. So um, hesitation is is a very good skill. Mm. Um, is is that moment for analysis? But I think that I think there is a, a large extent to which a lot of people, and, and this is obviously myself included in this, I think they spend too much time hesitating. And it, it can become this, this trap almost where right, I need to take a moment and think about it. And then you take a moment to think about it. All right, I've learned something here. I need to take a moment to think about that before I don't do this. And I need to think about that a bit more and then think about that a bit more. And it becomes almost a cyclical thing. And before you know it, the moment has passed, you get, ah, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. So, so thinking is good. Overthinking uh, in some circumstances may be very well but it will not bring you in any step further. Yeah. Right. I, I always say without a goal, you have no direction. Yes. But without clear action, you have no steps towards your goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there is a, I guess you could call it momentum is this like intangible force. And it's, you know, they call it the, the snowball effect where you kind of, you take that first little step and then, almost as if by magic, another thing kind of clicks into place and then another thing clicks into place. And before you know it, you're, you're down at the bottom of the mountain and you've done what you were trying to do. <laughs> Correct, yes. But you will you will not get there if you don't start. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, this has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for your time and for your insights. I'm sure this will prove rich and valuable listening to everyone listening to it. Um, well, I'm absolutely certain we'll have you on again sometime soon. You're welcome. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm happy to be there again, uh, Ben. Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Stay safe and stay well. Thank you for listening to this episode of a Sales Transformation Toolkit podcast from Mentor Group. You can find our podcast on Apple Music, on Spotify, or any other major podcast provider. You can also follow our social media channels on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, and of course, on LinkedIn.